0: I'm Jennifer Isabella, your host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the latest market dynamics impacting executives and their customers. We've got a special episode for you today. We'll hear from a variety of analysts discussing our 2024 predictions for AI. Let's dig in. One term you'll be hearing a lot more of in 2024 is BYO AI, short for Bring Your Own AI. Principal analyst Andrew Hewitt has been tracking this growing trend.
1: Every organization out there right now is asking themselves, how can I use AI to improve my business in some way, drive a dramatic change across how we do business with customers, how employees get their work done. And I think the overall consensus is, I wanna be able to use AI in a way that's very much personalized to my specific business and allows me to drive outcomes for my business. And so while that is certainly the end goal for many organizations out there today, What we have found is that many are struggling to put that together today. And as a result of that, what we're starting to see is that organizations are having to deal with this new concept of bring your own AI. In other words, employees bringing their own consumer versions of AI tools, of course the most popular is ChatGPT, and using that in different parts of their work. And so what's ultimately happening is that while organizations are striving to provide that kind of corporate sanctioned AI capability or develop that strategy, they're not able to do it fast enough. And so that brings in the consumer oriented services that we believe many employees are going to be using over the course of the next 12 months.
0: Just how many workers will bring their own AI to their jobs in 2024? Andrew's got a prediction.
1: So our formal prediction is that in 2024, 60% of workers will use their own AI to perform their job and tasks. So more than half of the workforce is going to be using some form of AI to do a substantive part of their work. That could be a generative AI system, like say ChatGPT. that could be um, usage of uh, mid-journey, other types of tools that are out there. So that generative AI capability, it could also mean AI that's embedded in an application that maybe isn't sanctioned by the business or that that employee owns themselves. So we predict that 60% of workers are gonna actually bring their own, similar to the moving around, bring your own device and use that for their work over the next uh, 12 months.
0: With that many workers bringing their own AI to the office, there's bound to be some impacts, both positive and negative. We asked Andrew what those impacts might be in 2024.
1: So first of all, I like to think about three kind of major uh, impacts here. One is that employees will use those tools successfully to automate big portions of their job, whether that's content generation or summarization of articles or decision support or using it in a sales scenario, we do foresee that organizations or employees specifically are going to be successful in improving their productivity over the next 12 months. At the same time, it also introduces a lot of risks from a legal perspective, from a security perspective, from a privacy perspective. And so I also foresee we're probably going to see some big blunders from organizations in terms of Unsanctioned use of AI capabilities by the workforce, leading to some negative business impact, whether that's a privacy violation, a security infringement, um, you know, legal, um, you know, jeopardization, all sorts of different things. So that will ultimately bring some negative um, impacts to the organization as well. Ultimately, what that ends up driving organizations towards is corporate-sanctioned AI capabilities, and so. While they'll definitely build their own policies to manage, bring your own AI in the workplace, ultimately it's going to push them towards developing and delivering a corporate sanctioned version of AI that the workforce can use without jeopardizing security, management, legality um, of the overall AI system itself.
0: Of course, bringing AI to work and using it effectively at work aren't necessarily the same thing. Senior analyst Kim Harrington has been looking into some of the speed bumps that might hinder AI use.
2: The user adoption challenge we kept coming back to was data culture and data literacy. If there's one thing I've learned regarding data and technology applications, it's the truth that it doesn't matter how good something is unless something some people actually use it in particular, right? So that's why this summer, our Forrester Business Insights team set out to discover what culture drivers are helping or hindering our ability to read, work with, argue, and analyze information in context. This information would help us predict what things that need to happen in order for us to achieve the productivity promise of AI.
0: When it comes to generative AI, the key to getting the right output is using the right prompt. And that requires training. Here's what Kim predicts for 2024 in that area.
2: We predict that for data and analytics professionals, 60% of employees will get prompt engineering training in 2024. Just as a refresher, prompt engineering is the practice of creating and refining instructions given to an AI model to get the desired responses. It involves carefully crafting the prompts to take the AI model and improve its performance. Interestingly, only 33% of U.S. and U.K. data and analytics employees actually agreed that their organizations currently provide training on how best to communicate with chatbots, independent physical robots, or intelligent agents via prompts. So in order for us to capitalize on AI, not only are you going to have to fund your AI developments... But you're also gonna have to budget for AI search training and creation of those different prompts, as well as budget for data communicators to evangelize the AI tooling and act as analytics translators to help people adopt those new technologies that you're offering.
0: One of the many teams leveraging AI to streamline its work is the HR organization. Principal analyst Betsy Summers provides some detail on these trends.
3: Specifically within the talent realm, SHRM, the Society of Human Resources Management, found that as many as 89% of enterprises are are either using or plan to use AI in hiring. Um, And there are a lot of reasons for this. A lot of the things that the Talent teams do both talent acquisition in terms of the hiring, but also talent management and broader HR teams in terms of how people are managed and developed in an organization. A lot of those things that they're doing, those activities are very manual in nature. Um, And so there's a lot of potential for AI to come in and transform the way that organizations, HR and talent organizations are spending their time. And now cut to 2023 when everyone is super excited about Chat GPT and LLMs and being able to use conversational and generative AI for everything. I don't know if those HR organizations have invested enough time and skills development for their own teams to be able to use it effectively. And so that drove a lot of our conversations around the predictions of AI specifically within how the workforce is hired and managed and developed.
0: Betsy says that all of this AI-driven disruption in the HR space will create some real challenges for talent management in 2024.
3: So we are predicting that AI will cause mischief in talent management and recruiting. Um, Alongside all of the benefits of AI, we are predicting that at least one well-known company will hire a candidate for a job that doesn't actually exist, and they will, at least one organization will hire a person or a candidate that doesn't actually exist. That the use and the proliferation of AI between both candidates seeking employment and also organizations, that there will be big disconnects in the communication between the two. Um, And the lack of oversight, the lack of management, around AI will lead to some disparate impact that organizations um, didn't predict and didn't manage for.
0: But will all of that mischief change how talent management views AI or impact its use? Betsy doesn't think so.
3: I don't think that it will dissuade people from using AI entirely. Um, As as another one of our colleagues has mentioned, um, organizations will be Managing a ton of unstructured data, more and more unstructured data than ever before, using LLMs and generative AI to make sense of it. And part of that unstructured data will be talent data and employee data, like the skills they have and their employee experiences, the sentiment analysis, um, the way they communicate with people, even doing organizational network analysis, and finally bringing together a lot of the unstructured data around how people work and collaborate and communicate. That will not slow down, that will continue to happen. It will probably mean a lot more oversight for these talent teams as they want to continuously use AI. A lot of oversight by both the uh, internal organization, but also their vendors and even external uh, AI auditors as well. So their ecosystem of compliance and oversight and ethical management will expand.
0: Another group that's been using AI more in their role is software development. Generative AI Turing bots have been driving some real productivity gains for early adopters in the past couple years. Here's senior analyst Janet Worthington with more on that trend.
4: Forrester had been talking about Turing bots. Um, In fact, one of our colleagues talks about Turing bots as AI-powered software that can help Software developers across the entire lifecycle—you know, plan, design, build, test, deploy—that whole that whole gamut—and so with this new productivity tool that we're seeing, these coder Turing bots, you know, developer productivity has shot up and some of the early estimates, and we think this is actually on the low side, is anywhere from 15 to 30%. So that's amazing, right? Developers have this great productivity and they're able to write code faster and faster than ever before, which means more and more code. But we know that a lot of these uh, models are trained on open source code. And open source code doesn't necessarily mean secure code. On top of this, we know that AI hallucinations where bots provide, I guess the best way to call it is like coherent nonsense, where they're very confident in their answers, but they're invalid or just bad. We know that the same problem exists for coding Turing bots. So what are the security implications of this AI-generated code? Principal
0: analyst Sandy Carielli has a prediction.
5: Our prediction for 2024 is that at least three breaches are going to be publicly blamed on AI-generated code. And I specify publicly blamed because those are the ones where organizations will do an investigation and admit, okay, we generated code that had a flaw or we used a recommended open source library that was vulnerable or something like that. We're only going to know if it was due to AI-generated code, most likely if the organization admits that. Reality is there could be plenty of others where we don't know, but we really wanted to specify the ones that would be publicly blamed. So we think there will be at least three of those. And when we talk about why we think that is, I think you have to look at the trends in application flaws that are leading to breaches already. If you look at some of our previous research, you'll see that, Flaws in software, web application flaws, like SQL injection, cross-site scripting, flaws and vulnerabilities in open source libraries, and vulnerabilities in the software supply chain are some of the leading causes of breaches due to external exploits anyway. So when we think about AI-generated code that, in many cases, is going to have a lot of these same issues and vulnerabilities, that's what's driving us towards this prediction.
0: Sandy says there may be a silver lining to these high-profile breaches being blamed on AI-generated code in 2024.
5: Hopefully, it will open some eyes to the fact that you can't just automatically assume that AI-generated code is magically secure. It reminds me a little bit, if you go back 10 or 15 years, when organizations used to believe that open source code was automatically magically secure because lots of eyes on it. And then you had Heartbleed happen and everyone looked at OpenSSL and said, oh, we actually have to look at it and test it and make sure that it doesn't have any security flaws in the code. I wonder if we'll see something similar where people will go from this assumption of it's AI generated, of course it's secure, to it's AI generated, we still have to test it.
0: In addition to security breaches, privacy is a growing concern for users of generative AI. Here's Principal Analyst Enza Iannopolo with an update on some of the latest regulatory efforts.
6: Data protection authorities have all started to try and understand actually which kind of risks generative AI, AI creates when personal data is introduced into this technology. And I am going to be completely honest with you. I, I lost count of how many different privacy regulators uh, have, are currently not only investigating some cases, but also producing guidelines. Just a few days ago, the French regulator just produces produced a new one uh, on personal data and AI, uh, and are really trying to understand how this technology and personal data together actually um, work. So there is a lot of activity um, with uh, with privacy regulators and around privacy to really to understand the risks of these new technologies and helping companies to to and to assess and mitigate the risks accordingly.
0: As regulators get better at monitoring the use of personal data in AI, we'll see more penalties for violations in 2024. A lot more. Here's Enza's prediction and some context around it.
6: So we predict that the uh, number of fines um, related to violation of the general data protection regulation uh, for cases that relate to AI, being generative AI or, or classic AI, will doubled by the end of 2024. Um, so, uh, this really is looking at the uh, privacy regulation that uh, we have uh, in Europe, but it's a privacy regulation that uh, companies, uh, regardless of their headquarters, have to comply with if they have employees or customers in Europe. So, really, is a lot of companies that have to comply with this piece of regulation. And um, we have already seen a number of, um, of uh, analysis, really, that shows how... The GDPR, the one that we have today, actually applies to cases of Gen AI and AI. So while everybody is really looking at new rules, the reality is that already regulators and courts are using existing rules uh, for AI and Gen AI. Um, And there are a number of of cases. We know that there are rules around consent, for example, that apply. If you, as an organization, are thinking to use your customer or your employee data as part of Gen AI or a project, you need to have a valid legal basis being consent or legitimate interest or whatever that is there are rules around the notices so making sure that people understand that it is going to be used in a certain way and and also there are specific rules around the automated decision making and profiling so there are not all uh, decision making or profiling will be will be within the scope in fact only decisions that really have a specific implication for the Uh, Individual involved will have, um, you know, are within the scope of of the rules. But we have seen this already in the context of employment, employment, for example, where courts have um, asked companies to explain to their employees how uh, they have made certain decisions, um, which kind of data was involved in making those decisions, and providing the individuals with, uh, you know, clarity uh, around uh, the whole process. So. Um, these cases are already happening. Uh, we know some um, kind of uh, fence at this point, cases with uh, uh, ChatGPT, for example, and some other apps uh, using generative AI systems where uh, there is already um, you know, GDPR applying. Now, because of the activity that we are seeing around privacy, as I said at the beginning, because so many regulators are looking into it, because companies are so aggressively using Gen AI and AI, and I will tell you from some of the conversations, I, I um, have a feeling that we haven't necessarily done our homework when it comes to really understanding privacy risk and finding good mitigations for it. I do expect to see not only the number of GDPR violation and fines in the context of AI doubling by the end of 2024, maybe even more than that. So prepare for a lot of activity on, on this um, on this domain.
0: Enza says the increase in fines will provide some practical lessons about how to use generative AI responsibly.
6: I think that beyond the fines and the specific cases, there is the power to really kind of, first of all, educate. Because every time that there is an investigation or a fine, we can learn something more about how do we understand this risk? Which are some of the safeguards that we can put in place? Which are some of the processes that we need to create, for example, or the technology that we can use? So I think we will um, come out of 2024 with more clarity around what is expected from organizations, where are the safeguards and which are the safeguards that we want to use, Um, but also creating much more education in terms of um, the the um, accountability. Right? Organizations um, are embracing this technology and rightly so is really uh, unparalleled the power, the transformative power of the technology. But we have to remember that also we have to be uh, good custodians of our customers' data. Um, this has implication for not, not only our projects, for for innovation, for whatever it is in our organization, but really about trust, confidence that customers or employees can give us their data and they have to know that we know what to do with it, that we are gonna take care of it in the best possible way. So I really think that this will help organization um, become more aware, more proactive and more knowledgeable uh, about what to do to protect privacy in the context of gen AI and AI.
0: 2024 is an election year in the US as well as in many other nations around the world. And generative AI will be used by some bad actors in that context as well. Here's principal analyst Kelsey Chickering to provide some details about AI's role in spreading misinformation.
3: This has been a vicious cycle for years now. You know, it's one that we've we've written about and while so much of this mis- misleading content is showing up on the open web, it's also spreading like rapid fire through social media platforms. And part of the problem is that this type of information, it's it's hard to detect. So it's a complicated issue for a lot of platforms to tackle and a lot of social media platforms really struggle um, to curb the spread. And often the algorithms end up amplifying misleading content on their platforms. Now that you have
7: the democratization
3: of generative AI tools, um, it's really making way for a rise in deep fake, misinformed, and misleading content that can be spread across the web and especially on social media platforms.
0: How prevalent will deep fakes be in 2024's election cycle? Here's senior analyst Mo Alibi with a prediction. In
8: 2024, we predict that deepfake ads will become the primary accelerant for election misinformation, setting up a publisher website and then, you know, having being able to actually be admitted to an ad exchange and then drawing audiences to that publisher website, uh, to then, you know, extend the reach of your misinformation is actually like a really high hurdle for a bad actor to reach. Uh, it's, it's pretty expensive as an endeavor. And, you know, there are sort of mechanisms dedicated to slowing like NewsGuard, for instance, that are dedicated to slowing down misinformation through that vector where, um, the possible reach for an advertisement is fractions of a penny, right? Because, you know, buyers are sort of paying and funding the endeavor. So DSPs and a lot of the ad ecosystem, I think, are less incentivized to go after their buyers.
0: With that model in place, the reach of these deepfake ads will be significant. We ask Mo just how far that reach could extend.
8: So with, you know, 10 to $12 billion is the prediction of how much election advertising will be uh, spent in 2024. And so, you know, assuming a small percentage are bad faith political actors or foreign countries seeking influence through political action committees, you know, 0.1% of that total is enough to reach every voter multiple times. So as a result, we expect that, you know, we'll see... Um, very little regulation in this space, and DSPs, SSPs, and publishers, and you know their tech partners will actually be the last lines of defense, in a way, for uh, against this kind of misinformation. Um, and that we're really being put in a world that I think we have talked about and maybe we're not prepared to sort of address right now, but, um, you know, where it's AI versus AI essentially. So we're going to have to trust that our synthetic content detection mechanisms and processes like everything, both human and machine based are somehow ahead of bad actors and off-label generative AI toolkits.
0: So the big question is, will it work? Will the use of generative AI actually influence the outcome of any elections around the world in 2024? Principal analyst Ali Mellon has looked into it closely and shared this
7: outlook. We predict that in 2024, generative AI created disinformation will actually fail to alter the course of any national elections. There are a series of national elections next year globally And while generative AI can play a role in the creation of disinformation, we don't actually believe it will affect the spread or usefulness of it. And the main reason for this is because spreading disinformation ultimately has two parts, the actual creation of the disinformation and then the vehicle that is being used to spread it, the actual infrastructure. Creating disinformation in and of itself is actually pretty trivial. We see many examples of this daily on social media sites. The real challenge is how to get everyday citizens exposed to and believing the disinformation that you spread. Distribution channels are very difficult to manage and maintain because of the different things that tech companies do to try and prevent that type of information from spreading. And that's ultimately where attackers need to improve to make disinformation spread easier, which generative AI does not give them a leg up on, thankfully. Overall, as a result of the spread of disinformation, we've seen the tech industry launch solutions like the toxic speech identifier jigsaw and different governments ramping up initiatives like the U.S. has with the NCSI plan to ultimately try to dismantle existing threat actors or at least try to make their operations so expensive that they don't want to continue them. We need to see more activity like this to continue and to help limit the spread of disinformation, both from tech companies and, more broadly, from government entities to protect both national security and the citizens of all nations.
0: Clearly, 2024 will be another very active year for AI across the enterprise. To read more of our 2024 predictions, visit Forrester.com predictions. And be sure to join us on January 18th for a live webinar where we'll do a deep dive into even more of our predictions for the year ahead. Thanks for listening.